0: Hola y bienvenidos a Peruvians of USA, Peruanos de Estados Unidos, un podcast en español, inglés y spanglish, donde compartimos las diversas historias del inmigrante peruano. Mi nombre es Natalie Sofía y soy una chica peruana que vive en los Estados Unidos por más de 20 años. Welcome to Peruvians of USA, the podcast in Spanish, English and Spanglish, where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. My name is Natalie Sofía, a fellow Peruvian living in the U.S. for more than 20 years. So let's get started. If something resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please be sure to share with us in social media using the hashtag Peruvians of USA. All right, here's our conversation. Hola, mi gente. This episode is the second half of my conversation with Dele Rios. On the first half, which was released in the previous episode, we talk about her career trajectory and all it took to become an engineer. On this particular conversation, we touch on her family, her immigration story, and also what the pandemic has taught her. I hope you enjoy it. Wow. Uh, So I want to take it back to the beginning, right? Coming to the U.S. Because now we've learned who you are now, what you do as a career, sort of like a little bit of your high school story. But I am super curious about coming to the U.S. Why did your parents choose to come to the U.S.? Why not like Europa, right?
1: (laughs) No, Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh,
0: And also tell me about like, how you as a 13 year old, you know, when they told you, like, how did you react? What was that, you know, process like? What was your last day in Peru
1: like? Yeah, I'm curious about all of that. Okay, so for my family, the first two to arrive to the US were two of my uncles. Um, And then this was in the 80s. Then they brought in my grandparents. And I think my grandparents migrated late 80s, if I'm not mistaken. They were on my mom's side of family, um, so it it was during the you know the, during the times of terrorism. It was so common to hear una bomba here, coche bomba there. I think don't you think like maybe I'm getting a little sidetracked, but don't you think like for us it was so common to hear that? I don't know. For me, like the, the coche bombas, it was something it just happens and it. I, I, and now that I think about it, it's like, that's crazy. Because they actually put a coche bomb really a really nearby house that broke my windows. And oh, wow. How old he, were you? Um, I think I was like six. Oh, seven. my gosh. They put a, a bomb in one of the... It was fábrica de cerámica in Selima. En and Where? In
0: que parte Lima? San Juan de, and, and, que, de, San Juan de Oh,
1: okay. Uh, it was like, they used to make tiles. So I think we grew up with like, you know, terrorism and... in in that difficult time in Peru. So in the beginning of the 90s, my grandparents um, decided to bring all their kids, my mom included, and their their grandkids to the US. They put in the submission uh, in 1992. And let me make a parenthesis, and that's why like, how do I say, and I don't wanna sound so rude, but when people say, come here the legal way, it, it, it irks me because it's so difficult and even, you know, you and I being lucky enough to being able to come, it's, it's very hard. So they put in the papers in 92, and every year they told us, okay, you're coming next year, you're coming next year. So we, okay, you know, we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. Also because of that time, I think around the 94, 95 the economy wasn't doing very well. Um, my parents, my dad owned a telecommunications company, a small telecommunications company and both of them together on a restaurant in, in, in Central de Lima. And times were hard, like they made good money, but then 94, 95, 96, it was getting roughed. And in the, back, in the back of our minds, it's like, we're going to the U.S. next year. At school, I would say every year, this is the year I'm going to the U.S. And then we weren't going. And then it, it would be like 95, yes, we're going. And then at 96, Year 96, I just gave up. I was like, yeah, we're never going to the US. And because so, I was like, every time I'm telling my friends, I'm going, and you know, I look like a loser saying that well, I'm actually not going. It's not this year. So I think we had a pretty good 94, 95. I, I think that terrorism was almost, I think, ending, but that's when the, the period that my parents were making money with the business on the side they had. And come 97, they told us it was a proof the paper. So it took seven years. That's a long time.
0: Seven years is a long time. Yeah. 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 And people don't understand, like the, you mentioned the request to bring the family from your grandparents was submitted in 92 and it didn't get approved until 97. And if you think about, you know, like the situation that certain families go through in different countries, like you don't have seven years to wait. Like, like, fortunately, your family was kind of okay, And the situation in Peru was getting maybe a little better. There was still it was still really, really tough. Mm -hmm. But when you are in a position where like this is a life or death situation, you can't expect someone to be like, all right, well, I'm gonna spend all this time filing a paper that's not gonna get approved for seven years, right? So that's not reasonable either. But go ahead, continue. So, like in 1997, it got approved, and you yeah. did you tell your friends?
1: <laughs> yeah, I told my friends. I was like, no, I th- actually I didn't. I think I waited because I was like, let me make sure like I have a- I mean made an interview con embajada and you know have everything good to go. So it was like all of us. Like my little sister was like. No, we actually okay. They say it was a proof and they made our interview for early early ninety eight and nineteen ninety eight. And all, it was so funny because it was like all of us, all the moms and their kids, and my little sister in cochecito. And it was like so many. It was like I think it was fifteen of us from the same family. Wow, <laughs> to the Embajada and like um and yeah, I mean they interview us. I I don't know if they. I mean, they might have asked, asked us some questions, but they definitely interviewed my mom. And actually it was so cute because like the guy who was in interviewing us, he was American. And he just kept staring at Maria, my little sister. Cause she was like, I think she was like five months. And he was just like, oh, this cute baby. And we're like, yes, yes, get, her on the, get him on the good side.
0: <laughs> so Maria is the reason you guys got in.
1: <laughs> yeah. For he was so, uh, and I was like, yes! That's <laughs> so but, funny. Yeah, so they, you know, they, it, and then besides that, you know, the tourism and the economy, it was tough times. The economy wasn't doing good. My parents, you know, it was that time when, and I don't know if you heard that people are graduating with college degrees, but they were, like, making, being taxi drivers because they couldn't find jobs, and, you know, so my parents, we're kind of like, you know, even if we put them through school, they might not get a good job. And then what are they going to do? So that was the mentality. And then my grandparents already have filed the paperwork. So, you know, it was, okay, we're going, we're going. So finally, you know, everything went through. We got to the U.S. on July 2nd. For me, in the back of my head, and I, I think I, I wrote to you that it, to me, for me, it was, oh, we're going to the U.S., you know, Mi pobre angelito like, It's going to be, you know, just for me, I thought I was going on vacation. (laughs) I I didn't think in the back of my mind, I didn't think I was going to stay here forever. (laughs) And it it was hard, like I said at the beginning. So, but eventually it was summer. So the summer was fun. And then when I had to go to school, then that's when it hit, oh, okay. I'm really here forever and ever. Maybe I want to do, I do want to move somewhere else eventually, but we don't know.
0: So what was that first year
1: like here? Um, it was tough. Um, we lived in a basement. Um, it, and that transition was very tough because we had a four-floor house in Lima. My, in, We had someone pick us up to go to school. I don't think we were rich, but we were middle class. We were very fortunate. You know, my parents would take us to good places and when it, it was someone's birthday or on Sundays. Um, and we had a lot of friends, and coming to live in the basement for a month, two months, while they're like trying, like my my parents and my grandparents trying to figure out where we're gonna live. It was very, very hard, cause it's like you know you're coming from here to now, you know, like it, it felt like a downgrade, and it was very hard for the siblings. I mean, for Sarah and Joseph, like my younger. Siblings. Maria was still too little to comprehend, but it was very tough because then we were like, we were better off in Peru. Why are we here? So that was tough the first year. And when we arrived to the US, it was only my mom and my siblings. My dad stayed back on, you know, closing up um, the house that we had, the business right. they had. So, you know, so it's like, because it's not easy, you know, they had they, whole, their whole lives have been there. So they have properties. And my dad had to stay behind to like, tidy up all that. So it was very tough. I gave kudos to my mom because being a mom to four kids in the U.S. and it's, it's tough, you know? I mean, I can't even mind myself with a puppy. So, so, funny. <laughs> so I know, like, <laughs> but with, with my mom and it was tough, but I think it really, and, and I do want to say, I think that really taught us to be very grateful for what we have up to this point and not take anything for granted. And, and, and I think with you too that we can agree that it made us who we are and we're very grateful and we react to situations different way because we know what it is to be at the bottom and how grateful we are to be where we are.
0: Yeah. How do you think immigration changed your parents?
1: Um, what do I you mean? Th-
0: so like for example do you recall if it affected them in any way emotionally did their personality change especially um I guess I'm curious about your mom like with your dad left in Peru to kind of close everything and sell yeah. everything and sh- being here with like three kids or four kids it's I'm, I'm curious like how did they
1: react to being in a new country it was very tough my mom was a vice principal at elementary school back in peru and coming here you know and and i think you talked about it in other episodes about the revalidation of your degree it's like starting from zero again especially and my mom was older and it was very tough because she had to wake up at five in the morning to go to the factory to work until like three
0: what factory
1: and i can't remember the name but it was she had to like fill in bottles with pills so okay. waking up, find a didn't drive. So she had to wake waking up at five, so somebody can come and get her, um, and you know go to the factories, do that. And it's I mean, it, it it was very tough because you were coming from a desk job and where you are have a, you know you're a t- you're you're not even you're more than a teacher, you're a vice principal, and now to this, and on top of that you have four kids, and it, it I think it really changed her in, being, I mean, she had to have a lot of patience with us (laughs) being in, in, you know, being with her kids. So it it was tough. It wasn't easy, but eventually she got her her validation. So now she's a teacher, a teacher's assistant, but really, it made her strong. And I think it really made us bond into being really grateful we're a mom doing all of this for us I mean I can say now that she's my best friend and that's beautiful beautiful. I'm sure I'm sure a
0: lot of moms wish their daughters would say like it's my best friend but yeah I I know you have a special relationship with your mom because I follow you on Instagram and like I know you guys travel (laughs) but that's that's beautiful
1: yeah she's my best friend and I'm I'm so grateful because like I said like I wouldn't be able to manage with four (laughs) kids and it's and you know, yeah, and with my dad too, I, I mean, I love my dad too. And he, it really changed him too, because at the beginning it was tough for him again. He worked for um, a telecommunications company. He had his own business. He has so many friends and then coming here, no friends, not knowing the language. It was very tough on him. And, you know, at the beginning he didn't wanna, he wanted to go back and we said, but we're here. And he, he just didn't get, it's, it's so hard because when you come at an older age, it's very hard to like um, assimilate a new culture. So, you know, it, it really changed them. And at the beginning it was tough, but now, you know, now they want to stay here and now they don't want to go back.
0: <laughs> That's funny. So sometimes I think that the oldest child in a family, it's almost like that their parent. And... Being that third parent, quote unquote, uh, and being in a new country, not knowing the language, not knowing the culture, and in your case, being a teenager, how did that experience? How I mean, how was that that for you? How did that change you?
1: I think it really made me appreciate like what parents do. you know, being the first one to go to college, I was my my siblings were really looking up to me into like, okay, she went, I have to go. And helping them, you know, with now that I knew the whole process, um, you, then they, they were relying on me and they were like, okay, Delia did this, okay, I have to do it, I have to do it. Now they're like, so good. I think they, they, they're doing more stuff than I do now. So I'm really proud of them. Um, but I think it really changed me for the better. It really helped me to be um, more independent. And it really changed me to have the connection with my parents. And I, I bring it back to what we talked earlier to being always being able to provide to them, being appreciative of all the work they did for us. And even now, like we go out and you know we pay for the food they eat. You know, if we travel, we pay for them because it's 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 a retribution of what they did for us. So I think it changed me for the better. It changed me to be. A better person, a better human, and, you know, knowing that our parents, for, for us, is like the biggest blessing, and we have to always make sure, like, they're doing okay.
0: Yeah, no, I totally identify with everything you said. Yeah, definitely, I also consider my parents the biggest blessing. I also have a very strong relationship with my mom and similar to you, like I travel with my mom and she's like my best travel buddy because like we travel the same way. We're very relaxed, kind of like go with the flow like and and so I love traveling with her. Yes. Um, so when you came here, did you still have family in Peru? Yes,
1: well, did- my dad's side of family. Oh, my mom's side of family came.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So how did you, did you, how did you stay connected if at all with the family in Peru? Uh, we,
1: when we go, we try to meet out with them and visit them. Um, it's only, I have now, I only have one cousin uh, that lives there and her kids. I actually have their own Facebook <laughs> with the kids. So they're always, Tia, Tia. Um, but yeah, like when, when we go, we try to visit them here and there. Um, and I actually recently found out I have more family, you know, tios, tias, primos, second degree, third degree. So my dad is trying to arrange something post COVID, see if we can meet his whole side of family because it's always like, so it's always your mom's side of family because they all live here. So you guys always hanging out with them and in my side of family, they don't. But it's because he, he only had one sister and, and he both of his parents passed away earlier. So it's really, he only had one sister and then unfortunately the sister passed away so it's only I have one cousin left like the right cousin and and that's it so I don't have any immediate family but I don't have other like extensions so now I'm trying to meet them up when I go back do you feel close to them um not that close because we when I came here we we used to be closer when my aunt was alive but then after she passed away, it was we weren't like taken to visit them that often. But we do, you know, we we make sure like when we go we visit them, we treat them. And we actually have like send them money to a couple of times. My mom has. So
0: how do you um, how do you handle the uh, expectation or maybe the hope? I'm just gonna say like the hope that um, you send money to family members in Peru. I don't know if you have experienced that directly or your mom. Um, And just to put a little bit of context to the question, sometimes for us immigrants who come here, our families back in Peru may think that you know, el dinero sale de los árboles trees. So like. They, the, you mean know, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's that expectation that, you know, like the streets are paved with gold and money grows in trees. And because we earn dollars here, we should be really well off. Um, and sometimes what I hear people say is, yeah, I earn dollars, but I also pay in dollars. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> so, nice. so
0: I am curious, what is your experience with um Remesas or remittances, I yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, more my mom has done it. I haven't really done it, but I had to like with the extended family I had there. Like, one time they messaged me, it's like, Can you send me a laptop? And I'm like, What? <laughs> I don't even have a new laptop. This was back like a couple of years ago. And I said, No. It was just very strange to get that message, like, Can you send me this? Can you send me that? And so like, it was just direct, it wasn't like, um, like hi, how are you, Tia? Can you send me a laptop? What?
0: <laughs> and I,
1: I, I, I like tell my I think I told my dad or my mom like just ignore it. You know, you know. Sometimes we I mean my mom does send money, um, but mostly sometimes it's like when somebody has passed, she just kind of sends like, you know, to help the family. But you know, like for my dad's side of family, we don't have a lot. So we don't really she sends sometimes like here and there. But, yeah, I mean, we, we try to make it clear that, you know, it's, yeah, you make money here, but you also pay a lot of money, and that money didn't come easy, that you had to work for it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it, it is not as, and I don't know, maybe you can speak for yourself, but I know for me, sometimes it's not a being greedy it's, mm. it's just that I also know that um, there are certain financial responsibilities that I have here that um, that make me be a little bit more tight and, and disciplined with how I handle my personal finance that I can't just um, send money there all the time or something, right? So yeah. um, So one of the questions I typically ask uh, the guests is like, how did you stay in touch with your culture how did you keep the culture going you're one of the most peruvian people i know and <laughs> I, I i love that you always are telling people your story because i i felt like yeah that's so normal i do the same thing Like whenever i meet like whenever i wherever i go people will know i'm peruvian yeah you know, people will I know, know, I know. My <laughs> story. So- are people
1: probably like you're so annoying you're always about but we have good food so
0: i think it's fair <laughs> right um but I, I usually ask how do you, how did you keep the culture but you grew up in patterson new jersey which is like little peru basically mm-hmm. so, yeah so, so how was that for you like coming to the u.s and sometimes when we are in peru and see movies about the u.s we're like oh home alone like you know, I know yeah that's what we think of. <laughs> so like how was it to come to such a peruvian place and growing up in such a
1: peruvian place it felt like home. It felt like I never left. I mean, even in in John F. Kennedy High School in Patterson, um, it was um, the the people that were coming, the younger kids were also Peruvian, so I was able to help them, um, you know, along the way what I could. So it wasn't. I, I don't think I ever lost the touch with being Peruvian. My um, my family would do volleyball tournaments on the weekend, so we'll play. Um, they had anticuchos frying, they had, um, my grandma, she used to do pachamancas in the backyard. (laughs) Don't we all? Grandma used to do that too, yeah, just take a hole. Yeah, like, just dig a hole, and, like, you know, and even at one time, you probably know about Junsa, right, Junsa, you know, they did that in where I used to live too. That's so funny. So, So, it's, like, you know, like, it was, in. And my distant cousins from New York will come down to, to New Jersey to like play volleyball. So it's like, we always had like Peruvians around us. So I think luckily I never lost that touch with like my Peruvian um, community with a Peruvian family. So, I mean, in that in the, in the aspect I just felt like I never left but obviously it's, it's, it wasn't the same because you know you're not back there We're like family and your friends. So, but I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad it happened because now I still go to Peru every, if, when I can every year and I still travel and I have brought my friends to there too. They're not, they're not Peruvians to like visit. And I love, I love planning. So I love planning for them. Like you should stay here, you should be here. So, and I've got, I mean, like, like you said, like I feel we are very, very proud of our culture and being able to share that with, you know, other people. and, you know, we're, we're just happy people. We just want to transmit that to the people and see, so they see like Peruvians, you know, it, it's, it's different, it's, I don't know, it's we have it's a chispa.
0: <laughs> I agree, we're very, and this is something that, again, we talked about in episode two, uh, when we talked about <laughs> La, la Pelicula or the documentary Identidad, um, you know, despite Peruvians having gone through such difficult decades mm-hmm. uh, of political unrest, economic turmoil, um there's still that joy and maybe because of that you know we're like yellow
1: <laughs> I know yeah but then you' then you like even in your family when you go back to Peru you just hang out and they just everybody has a nickname and nobody takes it like offensively and you know every you can you can talk to people and then just, they just it's like bring funny stories or like, you know, trying to roast someone on the spot. And it's like, it's just so, it's, it's like, it's very livid. And I don't know if you, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I was seeing the news or something before where they say like, which country puts the most like funny laugh on Facebook in the world. And it's Peruvians apparently. They give- What do you so, mean most
0: funny laugh?
1: You know how you can react to a status on Facebook? The most apparently, the most that they click the the laugh emoji are Peruvians.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I mean, that's funny. Like the fact that's that we're
1: life. like the funny that we're laughing
0: the most in social media. We're like, haha.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then somebody goes, somebody somebody posted something like "En Perú se el que quiere."
0: <laughs> I think it's true. I think it's true, and I love that saying. Um, and I also want to share for uh, you know, just the audience. Maybe there's some non-Peruvians listening roasting somebody is part of the culture it like, is i you, know you like you have to if they don't roast you they don't care about you <laughs> yes
1: it, it is it and, it and it's so funny somebody was telling me like they're like i don't understand why they do that but i think it's like it's part of the culture and it's funny because it's like you know i had a nickname and you know then i'm like okay i grew up or you know or even when i when i'm with my siblings and like we all get together when Sarah comes from Dallas, and my brother and Maria comes from Rutgers, and we like sitting at the table. And my dad, and when he speaks to his cousins in Peru, he's always like, I don't know, but they the four of them get together and just start. it's just laugh, 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 laugh. And then we just like I don't like the simplest thing. We just like share stories or like we have nicknames, and we just keep laughing my dad's like oh my god you guys are so loud and like well first of all we got that from you because he has a very loud voice so it's genetic
0: <laughs> that's so funny um i had a i have a costa rican friend and i think he lived with peruvian roommates when he maybe was in argentina and he would always text me like the different things they would say to each other like the mean things or the roasting <laughs> things and he'll be like why are peruvians so mean to each other <laughs>
1: You, you heard when somebody like when you say something bad or I don't know something mean and somebody goes una basura. <laughs> and like, you're
0: like oh my god I know people hear that and they're like
1: you just call him trash <laughs> I know honey and it's like oh like oh we have nicknames you know like when somebody is I don't know if you heard this one like when somebody's tipsy somebody be like oh yes that's Pikachu and they're like. <laughs> you know, yeah. like and I'm like
0: yeah. oh my god why do we come up with like the funniest things? yeah <laughs> yeah we do we do um for the audience that don't know what a yunsa is can you explain what a yunsa is
1: mm, so yunsa it's I, I mean I don't know you can jump in because I mean I kind of know but that's not really from my parents hometown I think it's more from I mean they're from La Sierra but not like deep in La Sierra um it's they put up a tree and you know and people dance around the tree but the tree has gifts so you get a what's a machete right like how do you, how do you say machete machete oh. machete <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then you take turns as you go around the tree but it's a big tree obviously that was planted on the ground and then you keep doing it and until you cut the tree and then the whole tree comes down, and you gotta run away because you don't wanna get hit by the tree. But the gifts are all in there, so then you run like a piñata kind of thing, and you know try to get all the gifts. I know it's Who, who made this up?
0: That's what I was saying, like So the tree, <laughs> the tree has gifts. Uh, it's yeah, a, on the on the branches, right? That people put like gifts on the branches, and then you know, yeah, you dance around the tree. You have a machete, and you chop
1: down the tree. Yeah, why like, why we do this, I'm not sure. But I don't it's know. Like <laughs> it's a festival and you know, you get it down. I think it's yeah. just because people want to like party. like yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's a reason. And if somebody out there
0: knows, like, yeah. maybe I'll Google it and share it. But it, it is it is funny. Uh, I've seen this in Peru. I have not seen it here. So I was very surprised that you mentioned that you did Yunsas.
1: Did you guys literally chop a tree in Patterson, New Jersey? <laughs> yep. Yeah within that's, I mean I can call my I can call my uncle he's he's the one who will know I mean one like I come back I think I don't know maybe it was a Rutgers and I come back and then I was like what it's happening and then you know cumbia or like why no being played in the background and I was just like what is I mean I had seen it in Peru I hadn't seen it in the U.S. and then when I saw it I was just like what it's happening but the people enjoy it you know like they're drinking they're dancing and it's mm-hmm. it's A tradition, which is, we have many traditions that don't make sense, but they're fun. (laughs) Yeah, they are fun. All right. So you came from Peru at 13. You grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, which is a very
0: Peruvian place. Um, And I'm guessing Rutgers also has a strong Peruvian community. Mm, Yeah. Okay. So talk to us about your American side. What do you consider your American side? What are some, what are... How do you balance your Peruvian side and your American side, or or maybe you know maybe you're just fully one and fully the other? Like talk to us about those two identities.
1: Um, I think I would say I'm more like a fully Peruvian. I do you know celebrate like the holidays, you know Thanksgiving, that you know it's the American side. Um, I, I would say though with with American it's like being grateful for the American dream and like the opportunities and you know being aligned with because there's is, there is so many opportunities in American, in, in the US. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else, you know, I, I feel like I'm more Peruvian than, you know, American and, but I do, you know, respect all the traditions and, you know, when I'm in a setting, I'm, I'm conscious that, you know, I work in other places, I'm a minority, so I'm conscious of, like, what I what I can say and, you know, what I can share with, like, with, um, with people that are, are Americans and, you know, I think overall, like, being U.S., um, it's just being grateful to be here because we both know how hard it is to get here and uh, as being here, I think that, you know, I can never say, like, I hate America because I don't, it's it's a land that
0: has given me a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I definitely agree with, um, you know, appreciating the U.S. Um, for the opportunities that we have been able to to earn, to be honest, to earn because we had to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are opportunities here. Um, if you, you know, if, if you know how to connect with people and network, if you know yeah. how to hustle, if you know how... To uh, network and just like so many things, and and I know that sometimes um, I don't want to say we, but I know sometimes the U.S. Is, is criticized because of all the all the all the bad things that are happening here, all the systemic racism mm-hmm. that is happening, mm-hmm. and those are all true, and those actually are things that happen in Peru as well that we haven't talked about. Um, mm-hmm. But I think um, what I also want people to to take away is that yes, those are all true. Those are all things that the U.S. can do better. Those are all the things that we should unite and work towards improving this country that we have chosen to be our home now. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I want us to make sure that we also appreciate the the fact that this country, uh, we were able to sobresalir, right? We were able yeah. to uh, move up the social ladder. We were able to uh, get an education that perhaps we weren't, uh, that wasn't going to be available to us, you know, back in Peru. Um, and I know my dad, he's never said this directly to my brother and I, but I know that he also wanted us to be good American citizens, be engaged in the political system,
1: mm-hmm.
0: be knowledgeable and contribute back to this country that has, mm-hmm. has. Um, and I don't want to say given as in like it freely gave us, but has, um, allowed us to to
1: achieve you know things that perhaps were just a dream back yeah. in peru we can take the good at it because there's bad stuff that's happening yes we're mindful of that and we know that but at the same time there's good and you know we're an example that good things happen so it's like you know you can no puedes mezclar las dos cosas son dos cosas separadas and you know and being a citizen and making sure you know you're like helping the u.s it's like that that's part of, like now like living in this country for so long. That's part of, like, what, like what we should do.
0: Yeah, and I know you mentioned we have a new president. So we have a new president-elect. We are recording this episode on November eighth, which is the day after um, President-elect Biden uh, was announced, as well as Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Which was very exciting times for the U.S. Yesterday, everybody celebrated. Um, did you get a chance to you know check out the celebrations uh delia i
1: was actually in new york yesterday i was in the upper east side and people were like with their signs and like kamala i mean it's like one of those things like whether you are a supporter of joe biden came and kamala harris it's um you have to feel proud because it's like especially for you know being the first um women vice president and a women of color it's like it's very identifying you know whether you like her or not it's like it's you see it, and a change is coming. And you know, and yes, Amer- America is becoming more of a country with immigrants. And you know, and it's and it's changing. And I was talking to my parents earlier. You know, you can just you need to have the representation in the upper, you know, in the upper ladder. So it's 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 good. It if, if feels good. You know.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad uh, You know, I'm glad that the country got a chance to kind of release all that tension that we have been feeling um, in the last several months um, due to COVID, due to this presidency that's been so uh, toxic, to be honest, to everybody. Um, yeah, but this is not a political show, so I won't go no, no, yeah, <laughs> no, it's, into that. You know, I, I can't very, like, I try not
1: to get too political, but at the same time, it's like, what are your values and why you connect with? And you know what, I, I think you and I always want the better for the people and putting kindness first, putting, helping others because we were in the same spot once. So, it, you know, let me not get in there, but it's like, it's very important to get a message that you want people to be nice even though that's like that's an ideal thing to say, but yeah, just, just be a good human being, just be an, a good, person and that makes such a big difference even though people say it's cliche blah 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 you know but it costs you nothing to be in a good person so if you have that within you just try to like spread that out you know you don't want to have the opposite of promoting all the things that we know (laughs) right right um so and as
0: we wrap up um what are your final thoughts on um or like what message do you have for Peruvians in Peru? And you can, you know, say it in Spanish if you want to. And what is your message to Peruvians in the U.S.?
1: So for Peruvians in in Peru, um, and I still have many friends who live in Peru, who, you know, if you have the opportunity to come to the States or other countries that do it, it's an experience muy rewarding cómo dices English I don't know es una <risa> o sea, es una experiencia muy bonita y llevar esa siempre llevar esa cultura contigo y promocionarla porque nunca uno nunca sabe cuándo va a encontrar otro peruano y, 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 y sabiendo que eres peruano y te encuentras otra, otra gente y y nada que sigan los que están en el país que sigan alentando o sea que sigan promoviendo no solo esa cultura, pero también envolviéndose en la política y aprendiendo de, de qué se puede hacer mejor en el Perú, desafortunadamente, y también probablemente lo has visto en las noticias, todavía sigue mucha delincuencia, mucho abuso a la mujer y todo eso, y es triste verlo desde desde donde estamos y uno le gustaría poder hacer más, pero siempre tratando de, de sobresalir. Yo siempre le digo a mi papá, ¿será que algún día eso va a desaparecer? y países no creo que desaparezca porque esos valores se prenden en la casa y eso con eso creces y hasta que no cambie eso no, no, no el país no va a cambiar desafortunadamente pero que es o sea las personas que lo tengan en sí que es, son positivas y que quieren de verdad cambiar el país que sigan haciendo lo que yo espero que en algún momento eso de la delincuencia sea algo del pasado y tal vez sea un sueño muy muy lejano pero que Yo admiro a mis amigos que, que tal vez tuvieron la oportunidad de irse, pero se quedaron porque quieren de verdad contribuir al país. So, que, que sigan con eso, yo no know, tengo muchos amigos profesionales y les va súper bien y estoy muy emocionada algunos con sus proyectos, con sus negocios, siempre, siempre muy orgullosos de ellos. Y para los peruanos de aquí, que igual que sigan promocionando la cultura, um, no voy a decir en inglés, para los perubes aquí, que, you know, if you have, other students, younger students, and you're already a professional. Please make sure to build up the ladder, making sure you're guiding. I was a little inactive myself with going to high schools, and I want to start next year. I have a few connections, so I'm gonna start going back to high schools again. Because really, when not only for Peruvians, for for Latinos, you really want to help out them out because you know you're in that position and somebody helped you out, and sometimes you just need that. It's an empujoncito to being able to, you know, become the better version of you. So, you know, you keep thriving for the parents, you know, keep making sure telling your kids, like education is the most important thing. And that's something my parents always tell me that we can leave you money, we can leave you a lot of things, but, you know, leaving you with education, somebody, something that nobody can take away from you. So, you know, having that in mind, having that in mind why you came to this country and pushing towards getting to that dream that goal that you have because like we said there's there's so many opportunities you just gotta go get them
0: yes i agree with all of that so if anybody from the audience wants to connect with you either regarding Rutgers or you know being an engineer chef
1: traveling salsa on two which crazy
0: <laughs> i, love, so, I actually <laughs> love it it's
1: challenging it's Paena's- challenging with the dancing and this is something I realizing, like you you and I we said like we know how to dance, yes, we go with dance. dance. But when you're learning a choreography, and especially in salsa 2 or any other choreography, it's you really use your memorization. And that's so good because you know, as you get older you may tend to forget. So it's like keeping you in check. And I'm grateful because two years ago they would put me in front of a mirror and then will teach me the choreography and then I will blank out. But now like I'm able to retain that. And to me that I mean, personally that's such a good skill because now I can retain more information <laughs> Wow that's
0: amazing that's awesome uh, and like, yeah so tell us how, to, how we can connect with you um, to learn about any more of like yeah Rutgers, chef being an yeah, engineer you can
1: you can find me on LinkedIn um, my name' Delia Rios um, you'll see it, um, the company right now that I work at is foodmatch. And I guess once you see my picture, once you post the episode, you'll see me there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely link, link, uh put the link on this uh, show notes. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then on Instagram, at uh, Deliari1.
0: We'll also link it up. All right, Delia, thank you so much for uh, this conversation. I really um, want to really appreciate your time. And two, it's, it's really nice to connect with you again and see you and, you know, this is our our live, I guess, uh, talking on the
1: phone. It's just an excuse
0: for me to talk to you. So <laughs> I
1: know, I know, we can talk for hours. There's more, much more to tell. But you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that my story can, you know, motivate other people. And you know,
0: yeah. And this is another uh, step towards your um, million de amigos goal. <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank you, Delia.
0: Wanted to take a break here to share that Peruvians of USA now has an online store. Help us spread the message that el mejor amigo de un peruano es otro peruano by visiting our online store. We also have feminine versions that said la mejor amiga de una peruana es otra peruana or gender neutral versions. This could be the perfect gift for a Peruvian in your life. Visit the link on the episode notes or link in bio. All right, back to the episode. So, Delia, this is the last episode of season one of Peruvians of USA. Um, which started in July twenty eighth, twenty twenty. So this year, and it's going to be this episode is going to be released in December. And so, as is typical, all of us, um, you know, start reflecting, start start spending time with our families. Um, twenty twenty, to say to say the least, has been a really tough year for. Many people, not just in the US, but around the world. Um, you know, we all came into this year being like, new year, new me, new, new decade, <laughs> new, de- new decade. This is my year, right? Um, and it started with what, like Australian fires, I believe, and Kobe Bryant's death that took everybody by surprise. And even I, who um, I'm not a sports fanatic, um, or into basketball like it still was pretty shocking when, yeah. when I when I heard it and I heard my bro- when my brother came home and um, I was listening to my parents and, and shared that news with us so it, it affected us so much that we we were just having like a casual conversation uh, on the dinner table and we stayed hours talking yeah. about life
1: and family oh and <laughs> that's what actually you know that happens with my family too like when there's like things like that we sit down and You know, like I could be not in the conversation, but like I I feel like there's going to start talking like I quickly go to the table because I want to be part of the conversation and. I think it's never the wisdom of our parents is endless, you can like if they're just know personally and I think for you too, they just know so much.
0: Yeah. And, and to be honest, so many of my memories with my parents, is just those conversations that we have. It, and um, so many of the things I laugh at later on that I'm making fun of them. It's just like funny things that are said yeah. on the table. Um, yeah. So like we just talked about COVID and life and how yeah. fragile it is uh, for hours, um, And then the Black Lives Matter movement coming to the forefront. Um okay the election, which which dragged on. Um, What, the question I want to ask you as, you know, we wrap up season one of Peruvians of USA and the year 2020, what has this year taught you and what has, has it made you regret if anything?
1: Yeah, it has taught me that never take things for granted. Definitely. you know, especially with COVID, like one day we're here, one day the next day we're not. So very important to anything that you wanna do. And, and I say that for me too, anything that you wanna do, do it now, because sometimes we are so afraid that we're not ready, we're not there yet. But in honesty, anyone who has started something really ready, you just kind of go with it and then you just hope for the best. So it taught me that, it taught me to appreciate my parents at the beginning of the pandemic, making sure they're not going now, they're not being exposed. Because I heard stories of um, acquaintances that have lost their parents and that's, I mean, just the thought of it, not having my parents, kills me. Because for me, and I know it's not realistic for me, I wanted to live forever. And that's not going to happen. So the most time I can spend with them, the better, the most conversations I can have with them, the better. and. And I, I forgot to say this, but any decision that I made too, they always been with me and always suggesting, giving their ideas. So it, it has taught me that. It has told me that family is so important, friends are so important, and keeping in touch with your friends. Like, hi, how are you doing? Especially with the friends that you know they live by themselves. And to keeping up with, with that. And one thing that has made me regret is I always, and I think I mentioned to you, I always wanted to teach dance classes, and I always, In the back of my mind has always been, I'm not ready, I'm not good enough, or you know, I need to be more fit to like teach. And and now I'm thinking, and and now that I'm starting, I started going to my classes. It's like I think I'm good enough to start teaching, and it's just like now it's like all these months that I have wasted, you know, that I could have thought. Now it's making me regret not doing it, and now I wanna like really, you know, start doing choreography so I can. Teach in person post COVID. And another thing that I regret, which now making up for is like, like I said, talking more with my parents, with my siblings, keeping up with my friends, and really, really seeing. I feel like now in this time that everybody has been like confined, like everybody is coming out with ideas, with businesses. So, in, in a you, you know, that always supporting that and always making sure like, what can I do to help my friends that are starting something new? So that's basically it.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Um, it definitely has also, 2020 has definitely also taught me that, um, I don't know if it taught is the right word but maybe it has reminded me that um, how how much I love my family, right? Yeah, And, and, yeah. and, and I think sometimes I feel that I, um, sort of, I want to be that, the, you know, the eldest, that's the responsible one that has a million, like has 10 backup plans just in case something happens. But it reminded me that, you know, like you love them, enjoy the moment you have with them now and also try to capture it somehow. Right. Like, so I, um, It has made me realize that uh, the moments that I travel with my parents or with my mom, like I treasure that more and like, I'm I'm more excited to do that in the future with them. And before I wasn't so much into like taking family portraits or anything like that, like my family is really not into that. And, you know, we kind of talked about that with um, Anna in episode eight, I believe, but now, like I want to take family portraits and I want to capture our interactions, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's that's the reason I decided to launch Peruvians of USA because your stories, our stories, are so important. And later in life, you can take a listen to this, you know. I interview. know. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like,
1: no, it is. It's like it's like a picture that you know. Sometimes people, why do you take so many pictures, but you know when I'm old I want to look back and I really remember those times yeah and be like damn I was hot <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know you want to no, know it's you want to I know and I totally get it that now with the family you know the more time I spend with my parents and my siblings and keeping in contact with my sister who's in Dallas it's like it in it's I'm so grateful to have them like I it might sound like weird or like cliché or like oh my god this girl is crazy, but I like really love my family. I my inner family to me it's like the best thing and you know and and, and you see it you know like how do they say like the children are like the mimic of their parents and I'm grateful for the parents I had because they could have given us more you know than what they could, but they want to make sure they're raising kids that are like grateful for what they have. They don't do not want they could have spoiled us because because money-wise my dad could, but he was like, no, I wanted to grow up knowing like being um, responsible and being like, you have to work hard to like get what you want. So I'm grateful for that. And I hope like when I have family in the same way too. Yes, yes.
0: Well, um, as we wrap up, I know you and I will talk before the end of the year, but just as you know, we're closing this episode and closing this season of Peruvians of USA, I want to say thank you for being who you are, being this <laughs> joyful you know, Peruvian girl and for your friendship and for staying connected throughout the years. We discussed earlier that we've known each other for over 10 years. Um, so I really want to say I appreciate you, I appreciate you for that and I hope you have a... You know, great holiday season. Um, I know we're starting. This will be released in December, but I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, and New Year's. And I'll see you on the other side of 2021.
1: <laughs> no, and thank you, Natalie. I think you're one of the best people I have met. And like this new venture that you have, it's it's great. It's I mean, I, I when you came out with idea and you told me, you know, you want to be part of it, I was like, yes, I want to be part of it. <laughs> So no, I'm very proud of you and everything you have accomplished too. You know, just, I I know like your story and you know, your undergrad your master's and I I can say that you're such a go-getter and you know, you're an inspiration too for me and like for other Peruvians.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Peruvians of USA. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvians of USA. I look forward to connecting with you there. And remember, el mejor amigo de un peruano es otro peruano. Chao.